Welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom. What is your profession? Lock and lock. And when you answer it feeling, you're silent. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome. You're listening to Fire Away with Carlos Bursabe, brought to you by Catholic Ammo, En Route Books and Media, and WCAT Radio, where we're locked, loaded, and ready for battle with today's hot topics. Howdy, howdy, everybody. This is your host, Carlos Bursabe. You're listening to episode four of Fire Away, the first live recording. Woo! I'm so excited. So last week, we started our initial conversation with Rigel, where we continued and more specifically addressed the new evangelization. Today's hot topic is nowhere near that. Today's hot topic is Catholic morality and nuclear weapons. And to help us grapple with today's hot topic is a return guest, Kevin. But before we go any further, let's bow our heads in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, Grant us in the same spirit to be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, Kevin. How you, going? How you doing, brother? Hey, Carlos. I'm doing good, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me back on. Brother, Such I, a good topic, it's too. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, man. It's always a pleasure to have you back on. So, especially with this topic, which is near and dear to both our hearts, as promised in our first podcast and as mentioned in my uh, in the last podcast and so before we go any further further uh would you like to give the disclaimer oh sure sure i'm all i'm I'm all about disclaimers too so uh yeah so um anything that i say and i'm I'm sure anything that you say as well um this is strictly our personal opinions as uh as catholics as citizens of of a country as citizens of our world as human beings so uh, at, while we both work for the uh, the military, United States military, uh, you know, nothing that we say here is, uh, and by any means, the position or any sort of official position uh, of the U.S. military. So just to get that out of the way, this is this is us talking as Catholics, as men, um, not a not as a not as a, a spokesperson for the government. Right. So we're so for anybody out there who's confused, he is not. You know, Lieutenant Commander and I am not Major. We are just Carlos and Kevin. So um, make sure that everybody who is listening out there uh, knows that. Now, uh, now to the meaty, the meaty good stuff. I'm going to read to you so that everybody out there listening, and hopefully we get more and more listeners, and hopefully people uh, will call in. But I'm going to read the words that are posted on the Vatican.va website for what Pope Francis said recently 
regarding nuclear weapons. And I'm going to read it in its entirety. It's a little long, but at the same time, I don't want anything taken out of context or there be the perception of things being taken out of context. And feel free to fact check me. Uh, you know, Google it on Vatican.va or whatever. But uh, please, please uh, give a listen because I think this is important. So from, uh, these are the, from Pope Francis' words. Dear friends, I offer a cordial welcome to each of you and I express my deep gratitude for your presence here and your work in the service of the common good. I thank Cardinal Turkson for his greeting and introduction. In this symposium, you have met to discuss issues that are critical both in themselves and in the light of the complex political challenges of the current international scene, marked as it is by a climate of instability and conflict. A certain pessimism might make us think that the prospects for a world free from nuclear arms and for integral disarmament, the theme of your meeting, appear increasingly remote. Indeed, the escalation of the arms race continues unabated, and the price of modernizing and developing weaponry, not only nuclear weapons, represents a considerable expense for nations. As a result, the real priorities facing our human family, such as the fight against poverty, the promotion of peace, the undertaking of educational, ecological, and healthcare projects, and the development of human rights are relegated to second place. Nor can we fail to be genuinely concerned by the catastrophic humanitarian and environmental effects of any employment of nuclear devices. If we also take into account the risk of an accidental detonation as a result of error of any kind, the threat of their use as well as their very possession is to be firmly condemned for they exist in the service of a, mental, of a mentality of fear that affects not only the parties in conflict, but the entire human race. The international, relation, international relations cannot be held captive to military force, mutual intimidation, and the parading of stockpiles of arms. Weapons of mass destruction, particularly nuclear weapons, create nothing but a false sense of security. They cannot constitute the basis for peaceful coexistence between members of the human family, which must rather be inspired by ethics of solidarity. Essential in this regard is the witness given by the Hibakusha, the survivors <clears throat> of the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, together with other victims of nuclear arms testing. May their prophetic voice be may their prophetic, prophetic voice serve as a warning above all for coming generations. Furthermore, weapons that result in the destruction of a human race are senseless, even from a tactical standpoint. For that matter, while true science is always at the service of humanity, in our time, we are increasingly troubled by the misuse of certain projects originally conceived for a good cause. Suffice it to note, that nuclear technologies are now spreading also through digital communications and that the instruments of international law have not prevented new states from joining those already in possession mm. of nuclear weapons. <clears throat> the resulting scenarios are deeply disturbing if we consider the challenges of contemporary geopolitics like terrorism or asymmetric warfare. At the same time, a healthy realism continues to shine a light of hope on our unruly world. Recently, for example, 
In a historic vote at the United Nations, the majority of the members of the international community determined that nuclear weapons are not only immoral, but must also be considered an illegal means of warfare. This decision filled, an in, filled a significant juridical lacuna inasmuch as chemical weapons, biological weapons, anti-human mines, and cluster bombs are all extremely prohibited by international conventions. Even more important is the fact that it was mainly the result of a humanitarian initiative sponsored by a significant alliance between civil society, states, international organizations, churches, academies, and groups of experts. The document that you, distinguished recipients of the Nobel Prize, have consigned to me is a part of this, and I express my gratitude and appreciation. This year marks the 50th anniversary of the encyclical letter Popolorum Progressio of Pope Paul VI. That encyclical, in developing the Christian concept of the person, set forth the notion of integral human development and proposed it as a new name of peace. In this memorable and still timely document, the Pope stated succinctly, that the development cannot be restricted to economic growth alone. To be authentic, it must be integral. It must foster the development of each man and of the whole man. We need then to reject the culture of waste and to care for individuals and peoples laboring under painful disparities through patient efforts to favor processes of solidarity over selfish and contingent interests. This also entails integrating the individual and social and the social dimensions through the application of the principles of mm -hmm. subsidiarity, encouraging the contribution of all as individuals and as groups. Lastly, there is a need to promote human beings and in the indissoluble unity of soul and body of, a contemplation, of contemplation and action. In this way, progress that is both effective and inclusive can achieve the utopia of a world free of deadly instruments of aggression contrary to the criticism of those who consider idealistic any process of dismantling arsenals. The teaching of John the 23rd remains ever valid. In pointing to the goal of integral disarmament, he stated, unless this process of disarmament be thoroughgoing and complete and reach men's very souls, it is impossible to stop the arms race, to reduce armaments or, and this is the main thing, ultimately to abolish them entirely. The church does not tire of offering the world with this wisdom and the actions it, it inspires, conscious that the integral development is the beneficial path that the human family is called to travel. I encourage you to carry forward this activity with patience and constancy in the trust that the Lord is ever at your side. May he bless each of you and your efforts in the service of justice and peace. Thank you. So that was what Pope Francis said uh, very recently. And there are a couple uh, of highlights for me. Uh, but first, let's hear what Kevin has to say. Oh, wow. I mean, that was a, that was a mouthful. I mean, that was, a, <laughs> that was about almost five minutes um, uh, worth of uh, speech of what uh, the Pope had to say. Um, wow, there's a lot to go there. Um, I guess my my first question is um is that is that real is the pope really indicating that deterrence is is no longer no longer acceptable? Because that's, that's so, that seems like that's a change. Kind of. So he didn't. So people have said that 
about what Pope Francis said because of this little tidbit where he says, as well as their very possession is, firm, is to be firmly con uh, condemned. So that's that part where people are getting that deterrence. And also, I think in March, he said uh, something to the effect that we must move beyond deterrence. So, um, which isn't necessarily saying that deterrence is now immoral, but for him to say that the possession of nuclear weapons is also to be firmly condemned, well, yeah, I don't think that you condemn anything that's moral. So that's why people are now saying, hey, uh, this is now a bad thing. Look, the Pope said. So if anyone is listening live, feel free to give us a call. Here's the number, 515-604-9344. I say again, 515-604-9344. And when you are prompted for an access code, it is as follows, 914121. I say again, 9141. Two one. So, uh, and you know, call in. Uh, you don't have to agree with myself or Kevin. You can have a different, different, uh, different point of view. I wouldn't actually. I, I would actually be very grateful, and I'm sure Kevin would too, to Absolutely. hear what somebody else has to say. Because, brother, that that's just that, that's yeah. that's a different sort of mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we can both agree, and probably everybody listening to this can agree that, in general, nuclear weapons are bad. I mean, anything, any kind of weapon that can kill, that can can take life on such a massive scale, is just not a good thing. It's inherently not a good thing that we have the ability to be able to kill like that. Speaking as a pro-life Catholic, someone who values life. You know, the, the, the idea of taking so many lives like that is, is uh, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to fathom. So, and I'm not surprised the, 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 the Pope's stance on this. I mean, I, wouldn't, I would not expect him to, you know, to be pro-nuclear <laughs> pro weapons. Let's face it. Right. The question I have, and, and like I said, we can, I think everybody listening to this probably agrees that, that, that in general they're not a, in, them, uh, themselves are not a good thing. The, the problem I have is the getting rid of nuclear weapons, which is what you know, I've read through multiple articles and about this and what the, what the catechism says. You know, the genie is out of the bottle with nuclear weapons. I mean, it's, it's out of the bottle. You, you cannot uninvent a nuclear weapon. So if, if somebody, and please, if somebody's listening to this, and, and I have not seen an idea put forth on how to uninvent nuclear weapons, but I think that's what it would take with some way to uninvent it. And I, 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 how do you uninvent something? You know, brother. The only thing that I can think of in the history of war, which you and I are both should be both steeped in, is that whenever there's the biggest, baddest weapon on the block, the only way that it disappears is to make it obsolete. And so, sure, yep. usually, obsolescence comes with a more, a mo bigger better weapon. So unless <laughs> yes. we're asking for a mo bigger better weapon than a nuclear weapon or, you know, a way to say that these are no longer the most destructive things on earth, 
that's going to be a tough one. And and here's the other thing for me. And again, for for those of for anybody listening, you know, I I'm a missileer by trade, and I and I don't I haven't met one missileer who's like I want today to be the day. I haven't <laughs> met one person who's like I want to launch these suckers off. If somebody if somebody were like that, they would not be pulling alert. That is a, you know, they're, they've demonstrated mentally, yeah, it's a, you know, they're mentally unstable. You don't want someone who's homicidal <laughs> to control these weapons. But on the flip side, it brings me back to, and you guys probably had to memorize this too when you were in uh, ROTC. You went through ROTC, right? I didn't. I didn't. I was an OCS guy. Okay, so, but uh, you probably had to memorize quotes and stuff too? Uh, you know, we memorized all sorts of random junk. <laughs> so I retained maybe a, a tenth of it. <laughs> so one of the things Thanks. that I remember is a John Stuart Mill quote. Not that I agree with everything that John Stuart Mill said, but I like this quote, man. Do you remember uh, any quotes by John Stuart Mill? Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. No. So here, here goes. War is an ugly thing, but not the ugliest of things. The decayed and degraded state of moral and patriotic feeling, which thinks that nothing is worth war is much worse. A man who has nothing which he is willing to fight for, nothing which he cares more about than he does about his personal safety, is a miserable creature who has no chance of being free unless made and kept so by the exertions of better men than himself. That's all I can remember. But, uh, <laughs> oh, you're reading that? You're, you're actually reciting that? That's impressive. Dude, that's, that's one of the... You know, that was one of the. That's like uh, all I can remember is the main, the mission of the Navy, <laughs> maintain training, dude, like, combat ready. <laughs> dude, I mean, and and to me, like that was one of the reasons why I wanted to join because uh, you know nine eleven happened. It's not that, you know, we want the wholesale killing of people, but at yep. the same time, we gotta, you know, I think it's important to look at the employment of nuclear weapons from a critical standpoint and from an open-minded standpoint of, like you said, how do we get to that zero number? Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying we shouldn't try. I mean, we should certainly try. And it goes back to the point that you just made, which was a fantastic point, by the way, uh, that, you know, be careful what you wish for um, because when, when nuclear weapons become OBE, Either A, where there'll be some sort of technology developed that can somehow neutralize it, and if that happens, fantastic. I would much rather spend all this money we're dumping into this nuclear program on other things, just like the Pope says. I think it's admirable. Um, either that or, or B, uh, come, a, a, a bigger, badder weapon gets developed, in which case, you know, there we are. <clears throat> well, and for all those who just heard him say OBE, OBE means overcome oh, by. <laughs> So, uh, overcome guard. by events. Yeah, overcome by events. So, like, so, like, say for example, when even that point that you talked about, because uh, I think in an earlier speech they were referencing uh, President Eisenhower a long time ago when he said that you know every bomb built, every rifle built, uh, you know, we're taking away food out of the mouths of um, you know people stricken by poverty and. To me, that sounds very great emotionally, but if I look at it from a logical point of view, you know, it's no secret 
what we spend as a government on certain things, right? So military spending, Department of Defense spending is not the majority of United States spending. That's fact. So it's not like, you know, the Pope said that we put them second place. No, there are, we spend much more on social programs as a nation than we do on the military. Yep. We are not the largest slice of that pie. For I sure. think we I think if we say DOD wide, we may be like around 20% or so. And Yep. And here's and here's the other thing I'd like to offer. When we talk about modernizing the nuclear force, one of the things that we can objectively see as far as the United States we have been, you know, I'm willing to wager, the only <clears throat> nuclear power that has not modernized since the Cold War ended. Yeah. In fact, that is being a nuclear, yeah, being a nuclear professional, I can tell you that they pushed, you know, nukes to the wayside, let us rot, mistakes, you know, mistakes upon mistakes happened, the straw that broke the camel's back happened in, you know, from 2007 and onward, to where now we're going, hmm, are we where we need to be as a nuclear force? Are we safe, secure, and ready? Because here's the thing that happens with old things, old things that have been relegated uh, to become ancient things on a shelf. Things break. When things break, they become more unsafe. Mm. So when we're modernizing, we're modernizing because we want things to be more safe. These are already inherently safe. Yeah, more, secu more safe, more secure. And here's the other thing, more ready. More ready doesn't mean the power to increase destruction. More ready, for the United States anyways, usually comes by way of being more accurate. And being more accurate means less collateral damage. So for me, I would, I would offer, um, you know, other Catholic minds out there that would it not be more moral as we find ways to draw down our nuclear force, which we have, the START Treaty to the New START, you know, we have drawn down our nuclear arsenal. Would it not be more prudent to ensure that whatever we currently have online is safer, more secure, and more ready? And again, readiness doesn't mean hair, hair trigger alert like some yahoos like to put in the news. Our, our nuclear weapons are not on hair trigger alert. It takes a lot. It does. It takes a, a lot for these things to go off. <laughs> it's not like some guy sneezes and next thing you know, we have a nuclear uh, warhead flying in the direction yep. of wherever. It, it doesn't happen like that. Yeah. Contrary to what, uh, what, what our president has put in the, uh, in the media, I don't, I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a big red button on his uh, on his table that he can just hit if uh, if something if something you know something upsets him. So no, so. and I think he's just, that's just rhetoric. I, I mean, nobody. I can't imagine that someone actually believes that that's how that works. Just either that or people have been watching too much Doctor Strange Love and whatever other nuclear war movies out there. <laughs> yeah, and and that's the other thing too. Like, um, from a Catholic standpoint, when it comes to morality, you have, I think, two major things to consider. 
one, morality itself, which for folks who are out there and you have your handy-dandy catechism ready, uh, go ahead and feel free to open up to paragraph 1755 through 57, and then you're going to see where it talks about um, the act, the circumstances, and the intention for something to be a moral act. So, you know, like where it says the object, um, uh, so let me read it directly. That way I stop paraphrasing and mess something up. A morally good act requires the goodness of the object, of the end, and of the circumstances together. The object, the intention, and the circumstances make up the three sources of the morality of human acts. So, and this isn't a lesson on, on morality itself, so I'm not going to uh, spend too much time with that. But uh, also, when it comes to just war, you know, it talks about just war and the catechism of the Catholic Church when it comes to uh, around uh, paragraph 2300 or so. I don't have that one open, so I can't, and I'm not going to flip around and make some noise. But there's a lot that goes into uh, fighting a war and fighting a war, you know, using the law of armed conflict, uh, you know, doing it so, doing so morally. And a lot of people, I don't know, Kevin, a lot of people, they think, like, I just, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm that pessimistic guy that Pope Francis is talking about that I got to change. But I just don't see how, like, so Gaudi met Spez, I think paragraph 78, as long as there's sin in man or as long as there are sinners, you know, we're going to have this type of violence. That, that's obviously a paraphrase, but it's like saying we're going to stop murder. I don't know, man. Sorry, that's my dog. She decided to... <laughs> that wasn't like a, um, a bell that somebody came in. Yeah, actually, I thought the catechism... Uh, I, when I read through the catechism on just war, I thought it was... I thought I thought it was spot on. So and I, I think that it, it uh, the the Pope takes it a, a little further in, in what he what he talks about. Um... But um, one of the things I'd, I'd like to mention from what uh, what you read there at the beginning was the uh, he mentioned he met, actually mentioned a couple of things that caught caught my ear. Um, the first was that he actually calls out um, what's happening in North Korea and the fact that these other rogue actors, rogue countries, dictators, um, whatever you want to call them, bad bad players, um, are, are, are pursuing and achieving nuclear weapons. So, uh, it, you, I don't think you're being pessimistic here. I think there's a, there's a distinction between being pessimistic and being a realist and realizing that, um, you know, these things, they're, they're not going to be unevented. You know, uh, you're not going to cram the genie back into the bottle. And when you look at how much diplomatically we've done to try to prevent the proliferation of nuclear weapons, and that has not been successful. So, if, if we... Again, somebody needs to tell, give me an example or show me a way, um, a path to that end. Because I, I, I just, how, how are you going to put the genie back in the bottle? So we've, well, done, we've, done all this diplomatic, we've, all, we've done all this diplomatic stuff, and North Korea has still achieved a nuclear weapon. So if, if all the good guys in the world get together and decide, well, we're going to get rid of our nuclear weapons, 
and you know it's not, it's not a perfect analogy but it's like the folks that are uh, uh, you know uh, for gun control you know you, in, you take guns away from you know all the law abiding citizens and wh what do you have left the only people with guns are going to be you know the outlaws the uh, the rogue countries out there are going to be the only people with nuclear weapons so and if we're going to by force go in and 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 take that away from them i mean what's the difference between that and having nuclear weapons and starting a war with them I'm with you, man. And so talking about a past, so for the folks out there who are in the United States, you can look on the USCCB.org website, the United States uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops website, and here are the actions, five actions that they're requesting. This was kind of touched on on a previous show today. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. I actually went into work today to study. Um, so, and we're not allowed to have phones and stuff where we work. So here are the four, five, five actions requested. Number one, urge bold and concrete commitments to accelerate verifiable nuclear disarmament, including taking weapons off launch on warning status to prevent a catastrophic accident and making deeper cuts in nuclear arsenals. So. We'll, we'll come back to that one because people like to use hair trigger and launch on warning, um, you know, as if they're, uh, man, I tell you. Anyways, <laughs> number two, oppose the investment of hundreds of billions of dollars in modernizing nuclear weapon systems that ultimately we must work to dismantle. Number three, support serious negotiations on a fissile material cutoff treaty and other prudent measures. Number four, if it is introduced, urge senators to support ratification of the comprehensive test ban treaty to bring it into force. And lastly, number five, encourage Congress and the administration not to take any actions that could undermine the agreement between the P5 plus one and Iran. So those are the five things that they say that we can do in the immediate to help things go along. Now, um, you know, for those who are not in, uh, for no, for those who are not uh, um, up to date on it, they give a explanation of what the Comprehensive Test Ban Treaty is and the P5 plus one agreement with Iran um, and the Nuclear te uh, Nuclear Ban Treaty and all that. But let's go with let's go with number one first, Kevin. What what did you think when we said urge bold and concrete commitments to accelerate verify nuclear disarmament, including taking weapons off, launch on warning status to prevent catastrophic accident and making deeper cuts in nuclear arsenals? What does that how does that factor in to uh your calculus? Well, I mean I mean there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that statement, I don't I don't think. I mean it's 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 not there's nothing wrong with wanting to reduce the number of, of nuclear weapons in the world. And and wanting to uh, to de to deescalate the how 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 easy it would be to to launch that kind of attack. Um, again, I I just think it lends itself more towards yeah of all the good guys if us and the other countries nuclear armed countries you know di disarm then you're gonna be left with the the bad guys <laughs> that are gonna have nuclear weapons. Um, and and again, you cannot uninvent the nuclear weapon. I mean, the information is out there, and the Pope even mentioned it in his speech. We're talking about electronic media and whatnot. I mean, there's a ton of this stuff is on the internet. You can go out there and literally 
figure out how to make a nuclear weapon. It, it, it doesn't take a whole lot more. Now, there are certainly some classified stuff, but there's even some classified stuff that got declassified back some years ago that got reclassified. But, I mean, the, the information is out there, and even if we get rid of all nuclear weapons and all fissile material, like he said in one of the, one of the other one of the request the actions, uh, even if you get rid of all that stuff, I mean, it can, it can come back. If that information is there, you are just not going to get rid of that information. The knowledge. You're not going to get rid of so, it. So for me, um, I'm all for verifiable nuclear disarmament, but you can read in the news. We've been doing that with Russia for quite some time, and mm -hmm. it's not one of those things that uh, really has worked in our favor. While we have not modernized our nuclear arsenal, they have. Um, That's true. And, and a whole lot of other countries have since the end of the Cold War. Other countries, or even before, um, other countries have procured nuclear weapons while we've been taking weapon systems offline. Peacekeeper, already offline. So, okay, so we disarm. We've been doing that. Has it worked? It's misleading to say that uh, to say that, uh, you know, urge bold and concrete commitments, we've done it. As a nation, we've done it. But other people have not followed suit. So we've already taken these steps because they're addressing just the United States. We've already taken these steps. Okay, number, point number two, including taking weapons off of launch on warning status to prevent a catastrophic accident. Okay, launch on warning status, and whenever people use launch on warning and hair trigger alert, those are to me, preying on people's emotions. Mm. Launch on warning makes it seem like the, the, that our missiles are going to go off at the slightest blip. Again, that's not how any of this works. Because the weapon system is inherently safe, meaning that it's not going to go off when we, we don't want it to go off, it's not, it's not one of these things where it's already it's already a difficult process to get thing to get a nuclear launch. It's already a very deli long, deliberate, deliberately long process for us to do this. Why? Because as the United States, especially military, we take into account a lot of ethics and morals when we employ lethal force. I mean, yeah, any weapon system. I, I don't know how much more, like earlier you said you didn't have a problem with it. I don't know how much more difficult we can make this other than to say let's take even more of these things off alert and, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll take it, uh, three hours to drive out there to, uh, well, to start up the weapon system. or I don't know how much yeah, more this, difficult this, it is. I mean, this could be something done, but it, I think it's more political than anything because, I mean, there's, there is a, uh, a pure threat out there in, in a similar fashion. And, you know, based off the, the – you know, theory of deterrence and mutually assured destruction. I mean, there would have to be. It could, I guess it, it could be done, uh, but it would it, it would just have to be uh, you know done by all parties that have the capability of doing this. Which and then the other yeah, and the other aspect making deeper cuts in nuclear arsenals. Would you go to? Would you take a knife to a gunfight? And I'm not talking about like a gunfight where you're five <laughs> feet away from the guy and. Because a lot of people, they'll go, well, actually, five feet from a guy with a gun and you have a knife, the person with the knife has the advantage. Not playing semantics. 
would you take a lesser weapon to combat uh, a person with a higher weapon? And, and I'm fully aware that David killed Goliath. I get it. But I'm willing to wager that nine times out of ten, the person with the you know, less firepower typically is the one that gets beat. I mean, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I mean, if there's people out there that are listening to this that uh that ha- that have ideas on on how to do this practically, how to do this. Um, I'm, I'd, I'd be I'd be curious to hear from them. All right, so I'm gonna so give that number in. again, just in case uh, just in case they forgot. Five one five six zero four nine three four four. Again, five one five six zero four nine three four four. Access code 914121. Again, 914121. Because I'm, I don't know, I'm getting to the point where I'm going to have to play devil's advocate because otherwise we're both just going to continue agreeing with each other. (laughs) Uh, Sure, you 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 want to go to the next point? Yeah, so going the to the next, next point. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'll I'll start devil's advocate until we get a call. I, oh sure, I sure. If, yeah. I don't know if someone's already tried to call in and the system wouldn't let them. Um, I know I have no control on how the system operates right now to be able to receive a call. So I'm assuming it's supposed to be automatic because we're supposed to hear a bling, and then oh, yeah. someone will do the same thing that you did, where you introduce yourself, and yeah. then they'll yeah. just start talking. All right, so next one. Oppose the investment of hundreds of billions of dollars in modernizing nuclear weapon system, systems that ultimately we must work to dismantle. All right, so this is where I'm going to start uh, being devil's advocate. I'll let you go first. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I have to go back to what you, the point you mentioned earlier, which was, um, you know, there's a reason why we're modernizing uh, these systems to make them more safe, to make them more accurate, um, you know, based off the just war, you know, theory of indiscriminately killing other people. We, if, as we modernize these weapons, they could be more discriminate um, about what we are actually trying to destroy. Um, so, I mean, it's yeah, I think I think it's something that needs to be done. I mean, and and other than that, if you don't do it and everybody else is, um, then eventually you uh, um, you're you become at a disadvantage. So, and there's. If you don't think there's bad people out there, um, either that exist now or that are ex- going to exist in the future, that will leverage that against us, you, you're you're awfully foolish. So I would I would say um, opposing that as the devil's advocate, I would say that for GBSD alone, we are what is what, what is that? Uh, it's the new ICBM system, intercontinental ballistic system that we're. Uh, okay. We just funded. Um, let me find. Uh, okay. I'm gonna look it that's, up. That's all open source, right? That's been in the news. It is. It is. Yeah. This is all open source. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't say anything crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, people can look it up in uh, Popular Mechanics. I think that's where I read it last too, because it's interesting to me. Wow. So ICBM <laughs> is Intercontinental Ballistic Missile. Um, and ground-based strategic deterrent is what uh, is what GBSD means. 
Okay. So my thing is, what is wrong with the with uh, fixing the current system that we have now? Probably fixing the current system that we have now, because we have the existing infrastructure in place, uh, we could probably look at engineering new parts and continuing uh, the current system. Probably will be cheaper. We can, uh, we can make tweaks to it to make it more accurate, I'm sure. And we'll, it'll cost less. Kind of like what Pope Francis mentioned, we can put the savings uh, to better use. Now, you know, like a lot of people, they'll say something like, well, you know, the Miniman 3 still requires an 8-inch eight, an eight floppy disk. Okay, so <laughs> it's been working for, so, for this long, right? Uh, do we need it to be like, Hashtag capable? Do we need it to be iPad compliant? <laughs> I, I, I don't know that we do. I don't know that that's Bluetooth, what you get. Bluetooth. <laughs> Bluetooth, yeah, Bluetooth it that, to your smartphone? Yeah, launch. Dude, I, I don't know that. Oh, that's the last need thing that. we need, isn't it? Hey, and I'm not saying that GBSD does Launch via that. Twitter? No, no. Yeah, I don't know that GBSD does any of that. But, and, and again, that last part that ultimately we must work to dismantle. We're going to build something, something new, only to take it apart later because that's what we're working towards, right? We're working towards a uh, smaller nuclear arsenal. We're working towards, uh, you know, no nuclear weapons. So if that is what we're working towards, it seems like we're doing the direct opposite. Yeah, I don't know. That's what, that, to me, that's like saying, well, don't change the oil in your car because you know one day you're going to sell it. You know. No. <laughs> I, I'm with you, man. Like it, it's tough for me to try and be critical of this, just because I already know my standpoint. I mean, so it's actually a good exercise for me, I suppose. It, sure. I mean, it, it's lofty goals. I mean, yeah, I'd love to do that. I, I just don't think that it's 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 practical. Like, how how are you going to do that? How are you going to uninvent them? Because that's what it's going to take. Because and all the rest of this stuff, it's great. It, you know. Reduce the number of nuclear weapons out there. Yeah, that might, but it's still it's the the people that are actually going to use this. That's not going to affect, which would be a rogue state or um, you know an emerging state that uh, out there, or a terrorist or someone like that. You you know what might shake up, and this is going to be completely separate from talking about uh, what the actions requested by are by the USCCB. You know what might shake it up is if the United States flat out said that we do not have a first use policy, but we will have a guaranteed second use <laughs> smack you down if you dare launch on us. You know what I mean? Or launch on anybody. I mean, really? I mean, there so, are countries out there that have, that have, their official policy is to wipe out other countries. And, and, so and like, if they had a nuclear weapon, said, we didn't, what would stop them from doing that? Right, and so if we said we will not be a first launch country, you know, that might get other people thinking, um, other countries thinking. The, the tough part for me in being a believer of something like that is that we've done so much already as a country, and people still have not um, followed suit. I can only think of one country that got rid of its nuclear weapons, and that country, was, to me, was going to get rid of it anyways, 
Uh, and that was uh, <laughs> South Africa. South America. Yeah, South Africa. South Africa. And yeah, right. And that country was going to get. You know, I don't know how they were going to sustain that program, anyways. But um, I, I just, I can't. From a political standpoint, it just, it has so much clout to it. You know, being able to sit at the big boys' table, being able to say, "Yep, uh, you hit me, I'm going to hit you back hard." From a military standpoint, I don't. From a military standpoint, I think it's a uh, misleading when uh, when it says that. Let's see. Um, when uh, Pope Francis insinuates that that's what that's what underpins um, or has underpinned our military policy, you know there are plenty of these countries who are who probably don't want like I think it was General Cartwright a long time ago who wanted who wanted to get rid of ICBMs or maybe the mm-hmm. whole entire nuclear force I, I can't remember, but. Um, I, if that were the case, if these weapons were irrelevant, then why are other ca- countries modernizing when we were not? Yeah, I mean, I, I think every, all the countries probably want to get rid of them. But, I, but again, it goes back to the very practical point of, of, of you can't. You can't get rid of them. If if you get if you get rid, yeah, you can individually get rid of them, but then you are going to be held at a huge disadvantage, and other countries will have massive amounts of leverage over you because of that. And so again, I, it to me it goes back to the real practical, practical way of you can't uninvent it. Someone and, and someone to me, come to me with a solution on how to uninvent it, and I'll be all for it. When uh, when Pope Francis was saying that other countries have ratified this, you know, to date only three of making it. You know, illegal. Imm- that's not that's not a surprise to me that other countries would, um, <laughs> you know, non-nuclear countries <laughs> would say they shouldn't have it. Uh, I, I can see their point there. Yeah, and, and not just for yeah. the power thing, but also because you know they don't have them and they're scared. Of these countries, if they you know accidentally or miscalculation or whatever, you know, start lobbing these nukes around that, you know, it's going to affect all of us. It's not just going to affect the countries that get attacked. So, I mean, and, and I think they do have somewhat of a point there. Um, the, the, no, I, and it's, I this that, is totally speculative, but uh, the, the, I, I, have been, uh, I have been told that as few, some scientists believe now as few as 50 nuclear weapons will cause a, a, a nuclear uh, winter. Which would affect everybody in the world. So again, that's it's because it hasn't happened. It's it's purely speculative. We go off of models and math and stuff like that. But so I, mean, I, I see where they're so, concerned, Mike. Yeah, I get, but it, it's not a surprising thing for me that the non-nuclear countries aren't going to sign up for it. I mean, of course, it, it doesn't. Well, you, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, we see this with more than just nuclear weapons, though. I mean, you got look at you know economics and everything else yeah it's just cultural culture in general taxes yeah tax those rich guys yeah everybody votes for that yeah and so you know like if you're if you're on the receiving end you kind of want to to stick it to the powers that be but you know like for me when again, as a nuclear professional, not as a military member, but you know, as a person who knows how these things work, it's not it's not executed all willy nilly like. It's not 
you know, like how it is in uh, the opening scenes of what's that '80s movie where uh, where they're like, "Turn the key, sir." What was that? Oh, the computer. The guy brings the gun out. I was like. I, sh- oh, I should I'm know sure somebody's this. going somebody's yelling it out right now. <laughs> if they're listening, and if you are listening, do you, you want to do you want to play a game? <laughs> Call <laughs> it and tell us something in this. Oh, there oh, we go. We got it. We got it. <laughs> who is it? <laughs> Caller, who are who are you? Uh, I'm Eva. I'm only nine years old, but should we be afraid of Pyongyang? Should oh. we be afraid of Pyongyang? Yeah, as in like uh, uh, Kim Jong Un. I, you know what? You know okay, what? I, I, you know, I've, I'm personally not afraid. Um, I don't know that Kevin is either when we do what we do. Thank you for your call. I don't know who that was. Um, it sounded like a little one. I know, and I don't, I, and I'm wondering if somebody's parent put him up to as like one of our friends. Uh, yep, yep. It sound, uh, but I'm not. I'm not worried about Pyongyang personally. I, are you? No, no, I'm. I am not. Um, I'm not yet, and mm, I'm not sure how much I could talk about here about this. But um, from from what I know, it's I'm not. Uh, it it's not it's not uh, it's not something that's immediate. Um, and even for those, and I could totally empathize with the call the the caller is calling, especially a young young child who who doesn't know the world. They're being told what they, um, you know, what they, um, maybe what they see on TV or in the news or something like that. Um, someone may be hyping it up a little bit too much, but, um, it's not something, um, uh, it's not something I'm particularly, uh, concerned about yet. Like I, I don't feel like it's an existential threat, um, against us yet. So, it, but that's, you know, that's, that's changing as we've seen in the news, as most people have seen in the news, you know, they've done multiple, multiple tests, uh, that have been successful. Um, they've launched off multiple missiles, um, some that have been, you know, characterized as can reach the United States. But you know, fortunately, we have invested um, um, a good bit of money, and with the uh, the, um, the most recent budget that's, that was submitted, it includes additional, even additional money for it for the ground-based interceptors. Um, so in this, these ground-based interceptors, and to, to maybe to um, – uh, to give you a little comfort, whoever it was that just called in, I don't, I don't think we even got a name or anything, but, again, we, are, we definitely appreciate the call. Um, to give you a little comfort there is that the defenses we have in place right now are pretty good. Um, and I think if Pyongyang did, Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea, um, did uh, decide they wanted to fire something at, uh, at North America, that uh, it would not make it. Um, I have a pretty good level of confidence. Um, in in that in that assessment, and for me, I'm not kept up at night when it comes to stuff like this because we've the nuclear weapons have have existed for over 50 years now, and uh, I I can't recall a time where we've employed one uh, since after the atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. These weapons are similar to what I would call. Uh, the Dirty Harry effect. So I'm a big fan of movies. War Games, that was the name of the other one. Crimson Tide. Oh, God, there you go. Yeah, Crimson Tide, War Games. Um, and that's Hollywood. Uh, reality is we have not launched a nuclear weapon, nor has any adversary launched one in an act of war. And so, and one of the reasons 
for that continuance is they've seen what the atomic bomb can do. What we have now is larger. Nobody, nobody in their right mind will make that would would do that. Um, I, I don't, you know, I not going off of anything special or nothing. I just can't imagine even Kim Jong Un doing that. And if he if he could have, he would have. To me, would have already done it. Um, done something because the repercussions of that would the secondary and tertiary effects of employing a nuclear weapon in an offensive manner that country would have to be prepared for the end of times i mean and i can't imagine any any leaders of the country going yes now it's time to to commit you know country suicide i just don't see it yeah that's about you know, right that's about right you know what i mean i just don't see it like if if you know if kim jong un thought that what that he was actually going to do it he's got to know yep. that yep. you know like we're going to bring about armageddon he's got to know that yeah. he's got to know that other countries who are with us are going to do the same you know china's got to know that you know they don't want a piece of that pie either russia doesn't want a piece of that pie you know the the whole having aspect the, the aspect of nuclear weapons is kind of like the dirty hairy effect do you feel lucky you know we wanted we want to stay at the beginning of the movie to where both sides just stared at each other and going no nah, i'm not feeling all that lucky i don't think anybody is going to win this game <laughs> so yeah. i can't see any reason for actual fear um you know, to me, that's a lot of Hollywood sensationalism, a lot of, you know, news media sensationalism because it's it sounds cool. Just like whenever people use the term "hair trigger alert," it sounds cool, uh, but to me, that's far from reality. Yeah, reality yeah. It's that, for me. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, Hollywood has definitely um, done a, done a done a number to our perspective about nuclear weapons. I mean. I, I, again, I can really empathize with the, the kid that just called in. I mean, it sounded like whoever it was was about to be in tears because they were really scared of a, of a nuclear exchange with North Korea. Um, and, you know, I can remember growing up, I watched, uh, oh, what was it, um, The Terminator. I think the first Terminator movie where, you know, there's there, ma, it was like a dream or something. And the mom was at the park and, and a nuclear bomb goes off over L.A. And then they start burning. And that just made me totally uh, scared of nuclear weapons. And my grandparents lived in Shreveport, Louisiana, which is where Barksdale is, who has, uh, who has B-52 bombers down there. And um, anyway, and uh, every time I went and visited them, like, I couldn't sleep through the night. <laughs> I would, uh, every time I heard a bomber fly overhead, I'd get out and go look out the window thinking, you know, are we about to be nuked? Are we about to be nuked? So a lot of that is unfounded uh, just because of Hollywood that I can understand. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm just, and that's one of the things that I – if it – you know, in the perfect world, um, we wouldn't have these things, but I, I stand by what I said. We are not in a perfect world, and as, hu as long as human beings continue to live in sin, which, you know, by all accounts, I think will continue to be like that until the second coming. So until the second coming, I can't see us getting rid of these things. You know, the only way that yeah. we're not going to have nuclear weapons is if we find a you know, better and more efficient way to kill each other. That sounds terrible, yeah. but 
you know, same thing that I said earlier. War is an ugly thing, but I maintain that it's not the ugliest of things. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to be able to fight for, for, for each other. We got to be able to fight for the right thing. Uh, Ecclesiastes says that there's a time to kill. So, it, you know, Catholic moral teaching has always taught that there's a, you know, we have the right to defend ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm still very interested in, in trying to find a more workable solution to this problem other than just pointing and wagging a finger saying nuclear weapons bad, peace and good. Yes. Let's just, let's just get rid of them. I mean, we gotta, has to be a, has to be a, a way. And uh, right now I don't think that's very practical. So I don't know, man, like I want, I, you know, there's not a time that I, that I, uh, you know, don't pray for, for peace. Uh, you know, when when I pray my rosary, that's one of the things that I pray for because uh, any airman, soldier, sailor, marine out there, coast uh, coast guardsman out there, it's not like people enjoy taking the life of another. Uh, no. It goes for police officers, anybody, anyone who's a, you know who cares about protecting uh, the life of other people. It's not something that we relish going. Uh, you know, that we want to do that. Now, some of us may say, say things like that because it's a difficult thing taking another human being's life and you got to say and do whatever you got to say and do to, to do your job. But it's not because uh, it's not because it's pretty. So it's tough. Yeah. We got uh, three, minute, three minutes left in the show, uh, Kevin. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, I don't have my outro music since uh, this is done via phone instead of my soundboard. So let's go ahead and start wrapping it up, uh, letting us know that we're out of time. And uh, just let everybody know again, thank you to all who are listening. Special thanks to our guest, Kevin. Brother, thank you so much for your time. And I hope and I, I know you'll join us again. I'm not pressuring you. Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to we'll... talk about this topic again, or is there going to be another topic? Brother, I think, I think we can – this was part one. So on this part episode, one. we covered right. part one of uh, Catholic morality and nuclear weapons. We talked a little bit about what Pope Francis said recently, specific um, instance. We brought in a little bit of uh, Catholic teaching from the Catechism of the Catholic Church uh, regarding – you know, the moral act, the three components of it. Um, we only hit on it a little bit. Maybe we'll go into it a little bit more next time. We talked about just war a little bit, and then we really brought in the whole how do you uninvent something that's been invented? How do you put the genie back in the bottle? That's one of the major uh, major impasses that we reached with regard to uh, uh, denuclearization. So, uh, but before we finish, uh, as always, let's bow our heads in a closing prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. O good Jesus, hear me. Within thy wounds, hide me. Suffer me not to be separated from thee. From the malicious enemy, defend me. In the hour of my death, call me and bid me come unto thee, that I may praise thee with thy saints and with thy angels forever and ever. Amen.
For more oh, thought-provoking, soul-enriching content, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under at Catholic Ammo. Again, that's at Catholic Ammo. And be sure to check out more Fire Away at wcatradio.com forward slash fire away. This is your host, Carlos Percebe. Until next Friday, we'll, where we'll pick up the topic of the new evangelization again, keep mission-focused and stay locked, loaded, and ready. Failure is not an option. Bye, bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle. Think it away? It would take us there. Bye bye. We hope you enjoyed the program and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.